Hey guys, what's going on? It's Mikey from Unkind Untamed. <laughs> Honestly, man, I've been thinking about this whole podcast thing, and uh, uh, it might be a new time. For, it might be time for a new intro soon. Anyway, wanted to come kick some new knowledge to you guys. I feel like, you know, your body is a prize, and you should treat it as such. So, you know, like when you look at athletes or a boxer, for example, they always have their shirts off. And it's like some people feel envious, but in actuality, like, why should you? In ancient times, people didn't really wear too much clothing. They more, they wear more revealing clothing. So in this state, when a person is dressed like this and they're wearing clothes like this, they are, you know, they're admiring themselves. They're letting the wind, nature, the sunlight, they're exposing themselves to everything. And when they see another person of this caliber, they can see the flaw within their structure, the flaw within their their body. They can see where it has become impeccable, where it becomes penetratable. So then after that, a person may do things to cope with these problems. Some people may change their posture and how they hold themselves up and how they present themselves. Some people may exercise, but nevertheless, when you see it, <clears throat> you'll get with the program because that's how things go. Usually the things that people see, they try to reenact. Walking barefoot helps with your toes, helps with your circulation in your body, helps with you being able to move, it helps, the fo- helps with the flow of things. Now, some people may walk barefoot at home, but you should walk barefoot more often than just home. Helps with your spine. It also helps you like calibrate your movements when you walk. Like there's a different way from walking and swinging your legs. I think a lot of people just swing their legs. They don't actually walk. Because if you were walking, you'd be carrying your upper body up, and you'd be walking together as one in unison instead of separated. How some people end up slouching over. When I look at a, uh, what are they called? When I look at, dang, I can't think of it. It's something with the seeing, but it's based off of what the Sagittarius is. When you look at a centaur, when you look at them, they're half goat, half man. They have the body of a goat or a horse and the upper body of a man. Then there's another form of them where they just have the goat legs and the upper body, and they don't have four legs. Now, these are the ones that I'm talking about. They are able to move differently. They're more in tune with the ground. Look at how the legs are arched, though the feet are arched. They're able to gallop. They're able to leap. or hunch, but they're actually perfectly fine. I think submission is something more powerful than killing because you brought something to his knees. You forced it to realize. Teaching something a lesson.
instead of just beating down, like I said before, taking out your partners or your training partners, what would we be at the spar with after that? You'll have to find someone to wait for them to get stronger. You have to know how to do this. Your soul and your mind and your body. What is it to you? What does it mean to you? What do you want to do with it? You know, if you don't have anybody to look after you or message your body, message yourself. Athletes message themselves. They look at their body as a prize. And you look at it as one as well. So naturally, you take care of it and you honor it. Self-admiration and realization is where it all comes from and where it all starts from. Know what you're doing first. Know why you're doing it. I was looking at a plane one day and I saw a dolphin. I looked at the dolphin and then I looked at the plane. And I said, interesting, planes look like flying fish. You look at a whale or a creature similar to it, it planes look like fish. And Morse mythology, Mars, alien planet, they had spacecraft that looked like fish that resembled them. Wait, it's funny. We have a saying called, when pigs fly, that's when I do things. Now look at a blimp. It looks like a pig. It looks like a fat pig. When you look at a hot air balloon, it looks like, kind of like a jellyfish. When you cut out the seat, you can kind of see the head of where the jellyfish would be at. But when you look at a blimp, it looks like a flying pig. It's huge. But nevertheless, these these machines, I believe these machines are powered by nitrogen, oxygen. And nitrogen is found within the sky and the other clouds. So if it's if it's filled off of nitrogen, oxygen, it'll be able to absorb all of these chemicals and be able to stay afloat. And we'll be able to stay within the air. I think that makes sense of out of everything. When I look at birds too, they look like fish too. Life starts from water. It starts in water. So as things arise and as things come up, like how land did, things change. Here's my theory. I look at a flying fish, a fish that just keeps jumping out of water. It just keeps jumping out of water. Eventually, its body starts to grow and develop into a way to suit its, to accommodate its needs, to accommodate, you know, its needs for the predicament it's putting itself into, the scenario, if we call it that. So its fins start to 
you concur. It, it's able to flat rapidly to the point where its development starts to change. It starts to develop more stamina for being out of water. Then surely no time afterwards. It's evolving to the point where it can take further leaps out of the water, longer times out of the water. Then it comes back down. Now, when I look at flying fish, what is their relationship to seagulls? I don't know. Long beaked. Peacocks, too. Long beaks. Curved feathers. They can swim. And they can fly. What do you think their relationship is? I think over a time of evolution of them constantly doing this, this is what it, you know, this, this is what ended up happening. They still look like fish. When you look at the body of a fish and you look at the body of a, a bird, you got the fins, the wings, and you got the dorsal fin, and you have, ah, man, I got to check, but the tail, the tail of a fish, it looks just like the legs and the back and the tail of what a bird would have or a raptor. And it looks just like it. Do I think dragons are real? Most definitely. I have a theory that the first animal was a serpent. And I think so because the serpent is to understand the snake. Snake slugs, snails. They're exposed to the ground, exposed to the land. So what I mean by this is like, I, I just feel like they're, they're more in tune with earth. They're more like, I can't think of the words to describe it, but they can feel everything. Like, and we look at them as cold-blooded creatures like the cynical, the senile. I look at it as, yes, they possibly possess these types of characteristics and attributes, but I look at it as why. Or look at why do they possess them. And um, being cold-blooded means that you have to be in the heat to recharge and absorb energy. So I'm pretty sure every night a snake probably comes near death. Being in the cold, especially during the winter times, if it's not cuddled up in the right places. Then, not even that, a snake is, it has no legs. It has no, has no hands, it has no feet. It's just its body in unison. And it's constantly settling across the floor. During the heat, during the cold, across thorns, twigs, sticks, rocks. Jagged cement, like various things on the ground that could hurt. <laughs> and it's like a snake has to fight just to stay alive, just to move. I, I think that a species like that, when it comes to defending itself, I feel like a snake is everything it has because just to move could be pain sometimes. It's not always smooth on the ground. 
Just because their skin may be tough after a while, it has to grow that way from shedding. It has to, like I said, it has to develop that way. A snake has to lunge. It has to curl up and coil itself back up. It has to retract. It has to, it has to stay on the move. It has to stay nimble. Snakes have learned how to climb trees by coiling themselves up against the tree, spiraling around the tree. But how do you think the snake got like this to begin with? I have a very, I'm, I'm, I'm a devoted believer that animals are no different than us. They just see certain things. They see the value in certain things. They live in clusters, packs, just like we do. You live in apartments, you live in a pack full of people, whether you recognize it or not. You're in a cluster, in a pack, a tribe, if you call it. Animals, they live like such, but what do they do? A lot of people don't observe all of the things that they do. I don't think that they display or, or exploit all of the things that they do. For example, when they're having fun with each other, when they're playing around. You don't, you don't see that. You don't, you don't see how they, they bathe, how they eat, how they interact with each other. I think that animals, let me just take it back to the basics. I think that fish, aquatic life, because not all of them are fish, aquatic life. I think they're very social. I think to eat meat or another life force, I think it started off as self-defense. And then after a while, the bloodshed. And the thrill and the adrenaline rush of the whole predict the whole the whole altercation it becomes so much of a like it becomes it becomes so much like it it, it gives an euphoria feeling it, it, it gives you feel so high off of the feeling that eventually you want to reenact it then eventually <clears throat> some way somehow having fun with the blood may get caught in your mouth after this happens that's when a person develops a taste for blood because as they're thinking about this situation as they're thinking about this high they're going to think about everything that comes with it and I think that's how cannibalism starts and after cannibalism starts then that's when you start eating things now this is my first theory Bacteria. I'm pretty sure when we all developed life, it fed off of something. Whether it was a plant, whether it was something else. And that thing wasn't around anymore. And a challenge arise, like I did this when it first started. Now, the challenger possibly could have been the same breed. Now, after killing so many of them, I think one of them realized, if I keep doing this, I'll be alone. So you allow reproduction to flow. You allow things to go on. But what do we do with that one? That, that, that thing that ended up having a, a thirst for blood, it evolved. It's no longer the same. So it goes on to something different. Now, that thing could possibly still be eating the same ones, but not in so many variants because it knows that it won't have the fun of doing this anymore. 
I believe that animals still eat meat. They still eat vegetables. When wolves and lions and, 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 and panthers and jaguars and leopards, when they no longer have meat or livestock to feed off of, when things are hard or scarce at the moment, they eat from the land. They eat vegetables. They eat fruits. Is as satisfying. That's a personal question. I can't actually answer that for you. Animals don't eat when they feel sick. They allow their body to purify itself. They allow the heat to um, to build up. They allow their body to detox and ingest and digest everything. But I think when cannibalism started, like I said, I was like, no, I'm not going to eat what looks like me. I'm going to eat something different. And so that's maybe when it started eating the ones that resembled itself. Because it still identifies these as what it still is. In actuality, it's no longer that anymore. And I think this is what the idea of submission comes from. I think animals run into more... Ah, okay. I think they run into... I don't know what you would call it, but I'm pretty sure animals can identify a specimen that is related to them. For example, a dog and a wolf. I'm pretty sure a dog would... I'm pretty sure a wolf would probably beat up a dog, but with with the wolf kill it all the time I doubt it because although they're different the wolf looks down on the dog because it knows you're no longer what I am it would tolerate the specimen but I'm pretty sure animals they take things a little deeper than what we do After killing the scene, the cannibalist, it's like, okay, now these things, they taste like me. You have, you licking your own blood, you evolving again, now in a conscience. Now it sees that this is me. This is all me. You and I are related along with that other one. By this time again, it has evolved again. Now there are three of them now. They identify and they recognize each other. What happens now? Now along this, this evolution, this chain, I'm pretty sure some of them would still go back to eating each other when they feel like it. When times are scarce, play, or disputes but by this time the third one it might not eat each other anymore it might not be cannibal it feeds on the other one it feeds on the second stage and this and with this consciousness 
it's not the best, but it eats it. Its self-awareness is not the highest, but it, it eats the other one. It's not going to eat itself. It eats the other one. Now, back to two. It realizes this. They're being taken down by this thing. Now, what it, re- what it realizes is with this others that it has, they start to become in groups. They socially advance with self-awareness to the point now that they see it as I can't meet you on my own but I know the three of us can and with that being said that's when they start taking this thing down now curiosity when it first falls do we eat it do we leave it some may partake of the animal and as they partake of this animal and the more they partake of this animal the more they will have a thirst for this animal and as they start to do that that's when they become more prone to attack this thing and after so many successful amounts and times of it taking down this creature it evolves again and so but this 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 time is something different because it was a former pack animal that evolved that was bred to take down and combat this particular animal is it still related to all three of them? From the first one that's been, from the, from the one that's getting attacked to is two related to three? Let's say that is two still related two three two two evolve now it's four because they're social. Four is taking down three, and that third evolves again and realizes this. What is four now? Four evolves and now we have five. Five becomes an apex predator at this point. It feels as though it no longer needs a pack anymore. Then it will feed off of whatever it wants as it grazes the land. Now, what happens to this animal? I believe its intelligence, it decreases, but its self-awareness increases, meaning its reflexes, its instincts, its drive, how to do this, its, its instincts. I think this animal, it kills anything until it can't anymore, then it kills itself. It would have to evolve again to realize there has to be moderation of when it can eat and when it cannot eat. And so when this happens, it'll eat limits. It won't just, it, 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 it probably won't even, it, it, it eats in moderation and it knows when to eat now. Because if I keep killing everything again, I won't have anything to eat. So with this, Consciousness becomes become prevalent. Where this animal, it no longer feels as though it doesn't feel that primal instinct as it just it desires bloodshed anymore. Because at that point it realizes from trial and error, it'll burn itself out. So what it does is it becomes solitary. It stays away from the outside so it doesn't become 
that again. It allows these feelings to remain dormant and to necessary. Now with this, it may prolong things because when it's not eating, it's sleeping or grazing. But what happens after this, the next evolution? Attention starts to arise or not, it becomes self-aware and conscious. And in this state, not only will it see things for what it is and know how to control itself, it starts to experiment with different things to eat. And with different things to eat, it wonders. What is this for and what does it do? At the time, it may find something that works for it. How does it make me feel? In the wild, see, I always wonder, it felt like animals have more of a purpose than man did. How do they know what berries to eat, how to take things down from trial and error? If I eat this berry, I'll feel sick. If I eat this one, I'll feel good. They, ha they have a conscience where they remember certain things. How conscious they are of things is, is up for debate. Yes, I believe they're aware of their surroundings, but they're not, they're alert of their surroundings, but it possibly doesn't bother them because they're more in tune with themselves. They're more worried about what they want to do. If I want to jump, leap, skip, I'm going to do it. I'm not worried about loud sounds. I'm not worried about you or the groups of you around. I'm worried about what I want to do. As this primal instinct starts to decrease through evolution, I think this animal This animal starts to lose sight of that primal instinct. But you know what happens when it loses that? That bloodshed, like that, that raw, that, that raw reaction. It becomes, there are different states of awareness. I, I know that it's not the same word. But this state of awareness where You haven't been fighting the way that you've been fighting anymore. You no longer possibly possess claws anymore for ripping and having fun. There's a stick. If I take this stick and I swing it, I can swing it at you now. And not to realize it can do that. That's when it realizes it doesn't need to be that way anymore. It evolves again to the point it takes it takes advantage of its surroundings. Now when this may start to happen, I think this is when the animal may be able to cluster within its environment. It will start to become aware of what this is and what it can be used for. So this stick, it could have been used as a weapon. But now, a group of sticks, what can this group of sticks do? Now, I'm not sure what would make it become aware of what the stick would... It, I'm pretty sure it would look at a bigger stick. It would look at a tree. That's what it would see it as. I think the first language... I think it's not like the English language where we say, How are you doing? Good morning, sir. How are you feeling today? 
you know, I knew it was you when I saw your car. You know, I, 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 you're the only person I know with the yellow car. Now, with this, this, this consciousness, I'm pretty sure like that stick, they look at it as a tree. It's a huge stick. I think language. I think talking in different languages, I think they would say a car or a plane. Look at the flying stick. The stick is moving. Because what else has that body shape? And that's that's what it has attached this memory to. Staying on topic, they start to cluster and they start to migrate within huge trees. They start to make advantage and use out of the resource that they now have available to them. Now, you probably will say, well, what have the other creatures or animals have been doing? I think they lay their head wherever they fell. Wherever they felt comfortable. But now, at this point, it's like they're migrating now. This is a desired place. It was, it was, this has all been growing within all of them. They may not always evolve into another breed, but they slowly breed into something a little bit more intelligent. Like and I said, I know that I can't eat meat all the time, so I have to eat something else. Now, some refuse this evolution and decide to travel. Well, they don't feel as though they want to stay in one place and wait seasonal. They're going to find it wherever they go. Wolves. I don't think wolves make a den. I think they make a den for probably three weeks at a time and then they leave again. They stay on the move. Because if they know they stay here, they have to wait seasonal. They know that they can't wait here for these animals to reveal themselves again or for them to breed again. With this irritation... Because they see themselves as a prize and they're in love with this feeling. They go somewhere else where they can find more of them. And I think that's how it goes. Certain intelligence like that. Now, what is that? I believe it was fear. A combination of anger. Anger is a, is a defense mechanism. But with fear, fear is a, is a primal instinct to survive. If you focus on your emotions of fear... You're going to survive no matter what situation in. If you be honest with yourself and admit that you're afraid, you'll do anything it takes to survive. That's what they would do. And if they know if I stay here, I won't I die. Or I end up killing all of you. So it leaves. And when it does this, that's different. Because we start with an apex predator that runs around killing everything. Then we have an animal that's social. And it realizes, I can't defeat this animal on my own. I can't defeat this opponent on my own. But I know we can defeat it together. This animal out there, it consumes this animal so many times. The successors, they now have a bloodlust for this animal. They evolve. They're a different form of apex predator where they're more conscious and they're more aware where they're solitary. They reveal themselves when needed, when they feel like they're vanished, when it's necessary for them to get into those primal instincts and kill. Because now they no longer feel the need to just kill without purpose because they become aware of themselves. 
They can spare things. They feel as though their time is more valuable doing other things. I believe tigers spend more time sleeping. They spend time sleeping and grazing. Tigers are huge, solitary animals. They're fat. When they feast, I'm pretty sure they feast. They feast. But do they spend all of their time doing it? No. Just like anything in life, anything that stays moving, 9 out of 10 isn't going to be fat. It's not going to be big. Tigers don't roam. They sleep. That's why they're able to gain weight. A highly misunderstood animal, the sloth. We think of the sloth as a slow animal and a lazy animal. But the sloth is very fast when it decides to exert its energy. It exerts its energy in burst. It takes out its opponents at a rapid pace that is actually alarming. That It's actually eye-twitching. It's hard to keep up with the animal. When you look at a sloth, they have claws. They use these. But you know what it decides to spend its time doing more? Eating. It decides to eat things that they feel as though, I like this lifestyle that I'm living. People don't know this, but animals are very aware of themselves. So like I said, these primal instincts. If I want to leap, if I want to skip, if I want to jump, if I want to sing, I'm going to do as I please. The sloth or, for example, koala bear, they know this. Now, they know they're capable of hunting. Well, you're pretty smart. Thank you. You know your animals, huh? Yeah. <laughs> they prefer to spend their time relaxing. So they stay in the trees, like I said. Now, you know what they do? They take advantage of their environment, and they eat these leaves. And they eat these leaves, and they eat these leaves, and they eat these leaves until they feel fed up of them. And then they go to sleep. I think this is why herbivores are stronger than carnivores. They spend their time eating what they feel like they don't have to exert themselves and kill. Someone told me that if you knew better, you'd do better. Someone also told me, think smarter, not harder. And I think that's what herbivores do. If I pick up this stick and I hit you with it, I don't have to spend my time beating and biting and crawling and, and gawning at you. So they just decide to take out this method faster. Cheetahs and lions have a trained, trained motion and pattern where they take out animals by taking out the neck of the animal, by pouncing and breaking the neck of the animal and then taking it down. I believe this was rehearsed. Because they don't have time to keep gawning and gawning and scratching. Their paws are gigantic. These blows are heavy. And an animal like that that takes prize in itself, that often fights with itself, it knows how devastating these blows can be. It doesn't often run into a, a mess like itself. So what would take me out fast? And it would figure that out itself. Like I said, this animal, it doesn't decide to hunt itself. It decides to stay in packs. But it looks at it like this. How can we make everything coexist? How can we live in unison? 
Now, I think I have a theory, gorillas. I think gorillas, they were originally nothing but males. One of them thought, I don't want this. Like, it's, it's simple terms. It had to be, they must have saw a monkey or an orangutan. Being around these other ones, it didn't find it as attractive. It, 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 when you look at men, you look at women. Bigger men prefer a smaller woman. A, big, a, smaller, a bigger woman prefers a smaller man. I really feel like just the trick of the illusion just to, you don't look like me, you're more desirable. I, I, I want you. And I think after, after mating with this animal, it begins to, of course, breed the genetics of a gorilla. And this creates the female gorilla. That's why the female gorilla is always smaller. Now, a silverback gorilla is huge compared to all the other gorillas. And it's silver. Like, its back is silver. Now, silver hair comes from stress and maturity. Stress. To resolve stress, you have to have understanding. And with understanding, you have to have purpose. I think this gorilla was the smartest one. And it decided to breed. It, it ventured off and it found purpose. It, it found this woman and the woman gave it purpose. What do I have to do to continue allowing you to make me feel better? Because it knows it probably started trying to control this life force. Then after it evolved and realized it can't do that and successfully keep having it around, it, it allowed itself to submit. And once it allowed itself to submit, it realized this is how I can keep it around more. Sure enough, this is how it breeds. And like I said, I think this is where other gorillas come from. Now, they look at this thing. This was usually, I'm pretty sure this was a secret at first. Because, well, no, it probably saw it. Differences happened. Then it had to be a secret. They see this baby. They look at it. And they see it as more attractive than you. Now they want its child. Now, the primal instincts kick in again in the gorilla. I have to defend this. And then it does. And so it becomes out of time in a phase where I'm getting tired of this. It's big enough to defend itself. Whether it does or not is what it does. Now, but check it out. I think this is why men find, in ancient times, why they find female warriors more attractive. I, I think... I think it's the build. Now, a man would prefer to be around a man more, but a woman that resembles a man's structure and posture, but is still a woman, I feel like it's something most quite kept desired by men. And I think this is probably where the origin of cross-dressing came from. And as cross-dressing evolved, it's what we have now in transgender. Altering the complete sexuality of a gender. But when I look at them, they don't look... When I look at a monkey and I look at a gorilla, gorillas are... We don't really know. At least unless you're out in the wild with them. But we only see a pack of gorillas with male gorillas. Why? <laughs> like, do you think about, like, how how come you don't always see a female gorilla with them? I think that they have to be bred that way. 
And I think after they're bred that way, I think they're somewhere else. Now, the role of a silverback, he's responsible for everything. And this is annoying. I've seen in the video a silverback and it's gorillas, it's pack or pod or whatever they call themselves. They were, a photographer was in the wild and he was taking a picture. The gorillas were around it and they were becoming a little belligerent. These apes, of course, they're much stronger than men. And with the silverback realizing that you can't run up and push him, it called them over and it told them leave. Silverbacks themselves don't even spend time entertaining ignorance within their own kind. It's not something they tolerate. <clears throat> I'm pretty sure this is how discipline evolved. Where they know this one apex predator is capable of taking us all down. Or at least one of us down. This is how alphas can be denounced. Your role can be overthrown. The pack can overthrow the alpha. And whoever delivers the final blow most likely becomes the alpha. Whoever came up with the plan in general becomes the alpha. How does the alpha become overthrown? Displeasure. Lack of control. Lack of responsibility. When you look at the Lion King, the Jungle Book, how does this usually happen? It usually happens because you're not feeding us. You're not taking care of us. You're, you're, you're getting upset with us and you're, you're lashing out on us when you knew from the jump that I mean, we, we messed with you because you were smart. You seemed like you had everything. I mean, it's, it's not... These animals, I don't think all of them are reasonable as we care as to why you're stressed out. We just want to have fun. We just want to do what we want to do. I think the only person I would understand is his mate. Because, like I said, this animal is solitary. It looks like the rest of these animals, but it's bigger, so it's admired. It's how did he get that way? This animal most likely stays with his mate. Not a lot of animals stay with their mate. There's some animals that breed with the same mate for life. They don't ever move on with another animal. Some birds do this. Some feline specimen do this. I believe kangaroos do this. They say apes look more like men. Law life has originated from the ocean. There is some type of aquatic specimen dwelling in the ocean that resembles us more like anything else. I have this theory when I told you that planes look like flying whales. I think... To be in the water, anything in the water is much stronger than anything on land. Aquatic animals have to push against the pressure of the ocean. They have to push against the pressure of the water and the flow of things to stay afloat. 
not only that, they have to stay in motion. They have to stay moving. Every move that they take has to be calculated for purpose. It has to be with reason. Because aquatic animals don't spend their time just eating. They're actually very social. Sharks have time with schoolfish. They can swim through a pot of schoolfish and not kill them. Because it's not time for that at the moment. So I think with aquatic animals, I think these aquatic animals, I think to be able to swim is unison. You have to be able to... You have to be able to relax. There's motion. But the way that these... The way that these animals move, it's like they're motionless in water. It's like they're flying. When I look at space, I think of water. <clears throat> That's where all the strange and exotic and unique animals are. They look like aliens. I mean, jellyfish and octopuses, they look nothing like any... Come on. They, they don't look... They don't... They look interesting. I'm pretty sure they're... There are land octopuses somewhere in the jungle that aren't going to get documented because you're probably not going to survive seeing them. There are Native Americans on islands that are hostile now, that attack people. Ancient people were much bigger than us because they stay out more in their trees and they stay active. They don't wear as much clothing as we do so their bodies are bigger and their bodies are more prized. They're stronger than us. With this intellect and this power, they're not allowing another another mishap with, with exchanging intel with us. They're going to take us out on the first sight. And you probably wonder, you know, a jungle man could throw a spear a couple of yards. I'm pretty sure an Indian could throw a spear <laughs> into the sky and, and take out an eagle or something like that if it need be. So, <laughs> I'm pretty sure hitting a helicopter with these things is, is probably not too much of a, a hard feat. These, these people know more about life than what we do. The average civilian just lives life without purpose. You just act off of impulse. They're a little primal. They do things what they want to when they feel like it. A lot of them aren't just thinking and meditating and contemplating on what their next move is or why they should do things or what I actually want to do with myself, better say. Actually, I won't even say most people are primal. I think people are told what to do from the from, from a very young age. Who do you want to be as a child? And most people, they look at their parents or someone they admire and they want to be, I, I want to be a doctor. Why do you want to be a doctor? Because my grandmother was a doctor. So in turn, I want to be a doctor. Because I was exposed to you. Now the people who break free and be like, but is this truly something that I desire as a man or as a woman? Do I desire to be this? I do not believe all of them do. I do not believe so. They become and do what they want. 
with their time and with their life and with their bodies. I don't think animals don't see. I, I, I think some of them are not worried about us because they're constantly. Some of them are. And I think those are the killers. And I think that they allow us to be around. Sharks aren't as smart as you think they are. I mean, they're smart. Okay, they're smart. Okay, there's social intelligence and there's self-awareness. And there's intelligence about yourself. Now, sharks are intelligent when it comes to themselves, what they have to do to survive and what, what it takes. But they're not social as in they don't really have any regards or empathy towards anything else but themselves. That's what I mean. And I apologize for the miscommunication. But they're not really worried about anything else but themselves or their their pack their pod at least because they travel they're used to this bloodshed they're not going to stop it sharks can't sleep too long sharks mate after 12 years no one knows where sharks mate at <laughs> like I said you don't even know if the shark that it breeds with is actually a shark. <laughs> like I said about the gorilla. So, what does this tell you? An animal that eats more than meat has intelligence because it knows it knows just what to do with its opponent. It knows its options. An omnivore. When you look at your hands, when you put your fingers together, put all five of them together, you see that your hand is curved. And it's like, interesting. And when you look at it, it resembles a fin. When you lay it out, it's curved and it goes to the right when your right hand will. Look at your left hand, it curves to the left. <laughs> like a fin or a flipping. Or like a wing. But I was thinking, like I said, walking. You 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 end up developing stronger nerves walking barefoot. There's a creature with multiple arms, but what was the purpose of it having multiple arms? This this creature is usually depicted with its second set of arms beneath its shoulders. Then they arise on their back. <clears throat> I think this happened from... This possibly could have been spontaneously. It, it could have happened because this creature... It... One was never clothed. 
So it, it always sees itself as a prize. And anything less than it is a challenge. Anything pestering it is a challenge. I'm pretty sure this, whatever this thing is, possessed fingers. It was able to grip things and smash things. Thrash on things, in fact. Something must have been capable of ramming it. And because the pride this, this creature possesses in its body, not only that itself, it demanded a, 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 an immediate reaction. Like I said, fear. Fear comes with intelligence. When you're afraid of things, you become more prone of the, the unknown. You start to... You start to see it for what it is. Now, I'm pretty sure this creature could flip it over. It could throw it over. But what happens when this creature now has horns and it rams to be able to take out this opponent? After so many times, these blows are really hard to sustain and recover from. I think after that point, that's when these second arms came in. When now it has four arms. So it has the power to throw this animal or propel this animal off. Smash me be. Throw. Any type of possible movement to get it off of you. The ancient depictions of deities possessing a thousand arms. Or a hundred arms, but somewhere around that number. Why? Anything for me? How's it going? Huh? Say it again? Anything for me? Nope. Why is it bred this way? Or why does it why is it like this? I believe Aries in some depictions is like this, the war of God. I mean the God of War correction. It's like this because it's able to do more things. It's able to hold more weapons. It's able to fight in different aspects. It's able to defend itself in the back. It's even able to fly. I think flight is motionless. Some birds, they wrap... They, they, they fly rapidly. They, they, they swing their wings rapidly. It seems like they're going fast, but they're not really going anywhere. It's consuming too much energy for them to keep doing this movement. Bigger birds, raptors, I believe is what we call them, they glide. And they, they can do this without flapping for miles. They've gotten to the flow and the motion of not having to. I don't think some fish are constantly propelling themselves. I think they're gliding through the water. I think this characteristic is... is something shared. With flight.
beard, the camouflage and shed skin is a very, very unique and very useful feature because dead skin, believe it or not, is useful. It protects you. It protects you a whole lot. And underneath of that shell is a new developing A new developing creature. Slowly but surely, it's re, it's redeveloping. isn't desirable by everybody. And there's different types of pain. Mental, spiritual, and physical. Spiritual, I believe, can be associated with pride. I think the animals that evolved the most are ones that are in tune with all three. I'm not saying the ones that are only in tune with one or two don't, but... If an animal takes pride within itself, it's not going to allow itself just to be defeated. Measly sleep. 